welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of One Another Marriage Podcast with Dr. David and Teresa Mabry, where we seek to strengthen marriages in order to have greater fulfillment and satisfaction and impact on the world around you. So we are so glad you're with us. And in this episode today, we're going to explore the work of Dr. Willard Harley from his book, Love Busters. He's written a few other things, but this is where he covers six habits that can kill your marriage. And that's what we're covering in part one and part two. And today is part two. The last episode, we covered the first three, and those were selfish demands, disrespectful judgments, and angry outburst. This week, we will discuss the love busters of dishonesty, annoying habits, and independent behavior. And then we're going to talk about what you can do about those, our take on them. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Yes, we are going to be talking about this. Why are you laughing at me? You came in so soft. Already. You were like, okay. hello, everyone. All right. That I'll come the, in louder next time. We have the kindler, gentler Teresa Mabry today. There we go. Yeah. Not words usually describing me, but yes. Okay. Um, hey, shout out. Shout out time. Shout out time. Shout out time. We have another city. Yeah. We are going to the far western side of the United States. We're yeah. going to California. All right. We're going to Palo Alto which I think that's how you say it, Palo Alto, California. So thank you to the listener, listeners who are um, there. And um, we actually had to look it up. I um, Fun facts. Fun facts, yeah. Um, I I mean, I knew I, when you said, it's like, yeah, that's where Stanford is. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's right. Like yeah. I knew it. But We have a Stanford, one another couple, maybe. We that's do, it. maybe, yeah. But um, California, I am not as well-versed on my cities and locations and things, possibly because I've truly never... I mean, one time you and I went to LA for a conference, yeah. landed the plane, got in a taxi, went to the hotel, and then literally went back. So, Well, the really wildfires were going on at yeah, the Yeah, but I really too. don't count that as experiencing California because we pretty much just saw a hotel and a conference room. Yeah. Um, and that's it. But to have my bearings about me... Palo Alto is actually mm-hmm. south of San Francisco area. So it's still on the bay area there, that, that inlet that kind of drops down. Yeah, and our Palo Alto listeners, maybe it'll correct us on this, but I think San Jose, California is also near there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Santa so, Cruz is south of there a little bit as well. So, yeah. yeah. So All places that I've heard of and would love to get to someday. But yes, thank you, Palo Alto, California. Shout out to... The West Coast. Nice. All right. Yeah, so, so you have the puzzle, I think. You know today. what? Here's the deal: is that I'm going to tie in. I tie in, and this may take you by surprise a little bit, but it's kind of a spur of the moment puzzle because it just comes in my brain. Okay. I had another direction I was going to go, but this is. I've been to California a couple times to L.A. Yes. And one one time with you, and mm-hmm. one time for another conference, mm-hmm. and um, both times um, we didn't get to see much because of wildfires going on. Not surprising, right? Yeah. I just feel like it's it's a it is just now if you live in California, I think it, it, you you're accustomed to it. You become accustomed to certain things. Yeah. Um just like different weather patterns in different states, right? Mm-hmm. But um but it correct. I mean, I just feel like 
there's always in the news a, a wildfire somewhere in that what, uh, California region, but why? Is what that is your puzzle? Our, yes, that's a puzzle. It's, it's maybe more of an observation, and and I know, I know there's a whole explanation for why the wildfires are happening, and it is a shame. I know a lot of people... Um, are losing houses and and sometimes loss of life and so yeah, some of them are pretty severe. So we don't make light of it at all. I wonder what the comparable thing for Ohio is. Like someone says, you know what? I've been to Columbus, Ohio. That's folks. That's where we're based out of a central Ohio area. And what is a comparable thing that every time I go there, construction, construction. That's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Could be rain. People, could be rain. Although know. humidity. Humidity. <laughs> I we, mean, we we get all kinds of weather. We get tornadoes, um, mm-hmm. and but we don't. It's not like we have tornadoes all the time. There are certain parts of Ohio, my friends, that are those that are outside of Ohio. There are certain parts of Ohio that seem to get more tornadoes than other parts of Ohio. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's there's, there's a place called Tornado Alley mm-hmm. that is uh, Xenia, Ohio, mm-hmm. and so. Shout out to our friends in Xenia, although that's you're not the official shout out for today. <laughs> yeah. But those of our Don't friends... Don't confuse people, hon. I know. We're doing multiple... Like last week, we did multiple shout outs um, uh, inadvertently. <laughs> so... All right. But I think for for that's... Yeah. So the puzzle... So your two... Yeah, your two times to California, both had wildfires. Yep. And both times you could see the effects of those. Okay, so question. Right? Yes, I could see the effects the of the smokiness it. or the haze within the city and things. Yeah, and I have a story uh is, but I have to get clarification first. Is Disneyland in California and Disney World is in Florida? I don't know. I always get confused. Somebody out there is going to correct us on that. But I remember, we're going to think that Disneyland is in California, and I probably I have it so. there. You're going to look that, ask Google real quick, and then I'll tell my story. But the, um, the, one, the one time that I went out when I was not with you, I was with a couple couple friends and uh, coworkers, and we got into Disney for free. It was the craziest I thing. I remember that. Yeah. I, well, I remember you telling me that. And this is the, Yeah, and, Disneyland is in Anaheim, California. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Disneyland. We got into Disneyland for free because um, we were at a Denny's right beside uh, Disneyland. I remember. Yeah, and it's and I was with my hey shout out to my friend Jim and my friend Chris. Yep. And so we were in line, and my friend Jim will talk to you about anybody. Yes. Whether they want it or not, he has the gift of just gift of conversation, conversation. with total strangers, and he. He struck up a conversation with as we were paying our our um, our bill mm-hmm. with another customer, and he the customer said, "I work at Disney," and he said, s- joked. He said, "I think he was joking," so you can get us in for free. And <laughs> she, to our surprise, said, "Yeah, sure. Meet me at the gate in in like five minutes." And we thought she is messing us over, <laughs> so we didn't have a car, and so we ran from the Denny's. Across and you know how some of those parks have such long parking lots. It's like a right. huge. We ran across the parking lot, went to the gate, and sure enough, she met us there oh my and let us in, and we got into Disney for free. That I could, day. It, and see when you even like retell it again, I'm just envisioning, you know, like 
What's the music? Uh, the Chariots of Fire. And like you and Jimmy Crispy. That's how it was. Running across the. I love your sound effects. That was awesome. Yeah. And it's like, and then, and then every now and then, like one of you would be slightly ahead, and then like you'd look back and smile at the others, and the whole the whole scene just like slow mo's down, and then it's like, and then. One of you, which one of you would be the one to like trip over the parking barrier? That's and exactly just like what would happen. Probably face me. plant. Probably me. I don't know. But, but, uh, friends, this happened in like 1995 yeah. or something Stuff like that. Stuff like that's I mean, not happening just, right now for you. No, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. Those are the days. So, well, first of all, we don't have a Denny's anymore, uh, nor do we eat at a Denny's anymore. I know. So, I yeah. Know. Yeah, that so that was a that was a fun story that had nothing to that do with the funny. puzzle, but it was a was a highlight and a shared story. But today, though, all right, get on with it. We're Stop. Gonna, <laughs> These people have been waiting. And here you are just like... Well, they're on the edge of their seat waiting for these next three, I'm, especially for one another couples. You've listened to the last one. You heard about the about the idea that uh, Harley had, Dr. Harley had this idea that um, these there's kind of habits that kill marriages and um, hurt relationships really, really badly. And so the, the idea is that he... he promotes the idea of what many people do. It's not original to him, or, which is the idea of a love bank and the idea that you have an emotional banking account with other people. I mean, this is a concept that multiple people have. Mm-hmm. And so, we, you know, you, you make deposits every day and you make withdrawals every day. And if you make more withdrawals than you make uh, deposits, then you are going to be bankrupt. And that was his contention that you would be bankrupt if you keep going to these. And so the bad ideas, the bad habits and concepts from the last episode, as we've, we've already said, were selfish demands, disrespectful judgments, and angry outbursts. They all made sense. And if you want those unpacked, go to episode one of this... this um, part one. Part one, rather, mm-hmm. of, of this, uh, this topic that we're covering. But right. part two today, um, the question is, is that do you recognize any of these habits in yourselves. And as you listen, and we want to encourage you to kind of hang with us through all three of these and ask yourself the question, do I see these in my relationship? Do I see, am I exhibiting these in my relationship? So any other highlights from last week that we need to review before we dive into these? Mm, I think the only other highlight is to remember um, this is the person that you uh, promised to love and to cherish, right? And one of his points was um, that in so doing, your love and cherish, um, you kind of help protect your spouse from yourself. Yeah, what's so, that mean? And so what that kind of, I guess when I was reading it and, and thinking through it is, um, I'm going to be selfish in nature on certain things and I'm going to maybe have demands made mm-hmm. at different times and I'm going to have an angry outburst and stuff. And that's all, um, uh, that's, that's me. And mm-hmm. so I need to take my ownership in recognizing mm-hmm. myself and recognizing mm-hmm. when I may have these um, things come up that can wound or hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so... I need to do a better job at 
protecting you from myself. So if yeah. I'm feeling in these certain ways and stuff like that, instead of defaulting straight to those bad habits, these love busters, what are some compelling uh, uh, things that could be done mm-hmm. like better communication or um, stepping away or just, you know, um, not uh, choosing not to go in one of those directions. It it, it really, so, it really takes a starting point of self-awareness yes. and the willingness to look into yourself to become more aware at, okay, how am I coming across? How am I being selfish? How am I being disrespectful? How am I being angry or on right. the verge of? Do do I express anger towards other people? And all of a sudden, one day I wake up and I'm finding I'm expressing it towards my spouse. Right. And so now those same questions, self-awareness, my friends, so that you can have couple awareness with one another. So, hey, that's Let's dive in, right, to mm-hmm. uh, one, two, three for this week, which would be four, five, and six of. <laughs> yeah. So technically, the number six. four. Number four. Okay, that's so number right. Four. So um, fourth uh, love buster: dishonesty. Mm. Dishonesty. Yeah. Okay. So um, lies, and and too many times I think we classify lies. Right. We've got mm-hmm. the little white lie. And then you've got the big lies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then you have everything in between. Um, but the whole concept that um, that you you want to be honest um, because honesty really is the best policy. I know that like that's a saying uh, we've had in our family growing up um, for years. But you know, it, like a big lie, uh, infidelity. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a big one, right? Yeah. And um, let's say that that there were things that happened even prior to you getting um, uh, with your uh, current partner or spouse. Um, we should still be honest yeah. to uh, because we need to be. This is the person that that should know all of us. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we think that we're protecting people. Um, and one of his things was, um, that, uh, it's, that's a lie to ourselves is Mm. that we're protecting the other person by not sharing, Mm -hmm. um, certain pieces of information or telling them the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, and what really is doing the damage is that dishonesty. Yeah. And it's that historic, like you refer, he calls it historic honesty where you're revealing information about your personal history and, Mm -hmm. you know, Areas that you would have personal uh, weakness, even from the past, and not being, not not hiding things, and just being honest about who you are, and well, and and dishonesty. Once you start down a path of kind of lying or mm. sharing a, you know, okay, I've done this white lie, it it can become a little addictive for certain people, mm. and they just don't know when to stop. Then, yeah, you know, and so. So, but one of the one of the statements here that I found it, it is interesting is um, there can be confusion then, right? In do I do I want to lie because I feel like it will help you know protect this person, or or do I want to tell the truth because the truth also can hurt? Mm. It can also be painful, and so it's it's helping couples um, learn that you know it's. Um, the truth may hurt, but it it's going to hurt less or it's going to hurt for um, a short term, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it really, what, what your spouse really wants is they want you to not have anything hidden. 
yeah. to not have any secrets, right? And so, um, how does he word it here? It says, uh, um, honesty, <laughs> honesty is like um, a good medicine. Um, it may give you, uh, or, or like a good flu shot, he says, it may give you a short, sharp pain, but it keeps you healthier over the following mm. months, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, just just thinking through that whole concept that I know that we've sat down with couples and heard from couples about the struggle that one had in sharing the truth because they're like, but I knew it would hurt them. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, but you've done, can't you see how you've done more damage over the long haul because you kept something secret for a long time. Yeah. And so that's that's the damage. Yeah. That's the damage. And that your your partner, your husband, your wife will they will appreciate more of the truth because once the truth is out, it's out. And then usually that person who's been mm-hmm. do been the liar, you could yeah. say, the weight is off their shoulder, right? And they, they're just like, okay, I'm glad that I've shared that. But now we have to do repair work. Yeah. And that's yeah. the hard part. Now, he, here's, here's what strikes me is that, no, number one, th- there are folks out there that really need to hear this one because, and even right now, they're, um, they're feeling guilty or yeah. convicted is what we would say, is that that kind of like uh, they're getting a tap on the shoulder of saying, hey, you know you've been dishonest. Mm-hmm. But I bet you though, honey, there are there are a lot of people listening that say, well, I can I can fast forward to this one because I'm an honest, I'm honest with my my spouse, my partner. I I have I have no problem telling the truth whatsoever. And I it whether that's totally true or not, but there don't you imagine there's a number of folks that they're like I don't lie to my spouse, right? So w- what do we say to them? Let's, let's define something real quick and then we think what it is. Like, So he has this policy of a radical honesty. So the question is, reveal as much to your spouse, uh, reveal to your spouse as much information about yourself as you know, your thoughts, your feelings, your habits, your likes, your dislikes, personal history, daily activities, and plans for the future. So the question is, do you have radical honesty as Dr. Harley would say. Mm. And what do we say to people who are, are are kind of feel like they're off the hook with this? What, um, I mean, I, 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 I... Okay, repeat the list again. So, radical... So radical honesty is, uh, is revealing to your spouse as much information about yourself as you know, your thoughts, your feelings, your habits your likes, your dislikes, your personal history. And you're asking, what do we say to someone, you're asking, what do we say to someone who does not want to be radical or who wants to be radical? Or feels that they're, yeah, they have a hard time with their self-awareness. They feel like they're off the hook. They're, they're, they say, well, I'm pretty honest. Mm -hmm. Well, I think. um, I'm not deceptive. I'm not out sleeping around on my spouse. But I think um, one of his other points um, that, that may help answer this is that, um, Dishonesty can strangle your compatibility mm-hmm. with your with your partner. So if you're not going to have radical honesty about about feelings, I mean, there may be things. I mean, how many times have we found out from from someone that uh, 
they've been given like the same gift over and over. They've been given like um, a particular, you know, maybe it's a particular type of um, food or whatever. And, and their loved one thinks that that's their favorite, but it's really <laughs> not, you know, but they never say anything. And they're, yeah. and so I'm not saying that you can't just be like, Oh, okay, thank you. But sometimes when we're, when we really are honest with, well, this is really my preference. There's a way you can say it without yeah. being just, you know, a cat about it. Which but, I, I overheard you talking to your mother earlier today. Yeah. And you said, I hate cherry, cherry pie. pie. I don't know if I ever thought of that you, I mean, I've never thought to order you a cherry pie as a dessert. I know what ones well, thank you. Thank you. You, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, hilarious. you know which ones I prefer. But I've never heard you be so strongly like I can't stand cherry pie. That's not my. I big... don't like cherries. I mean, hon, how many times I if know. we ha- over the yeah. years, if I had an ice cream or a sundae or something, if something came and it had cherry on it, I will pass that off to someone else. Yeah. I'm just not a cherry fan. Sorry to all of those of you that may be. Well, but, but yeah. that is a. Yeah, like if you had ordered me, oh my goodness, I think if we had went somewhere right now, this many years in, and you would have ordered me a slice of cherry pie, and I would have, maybe I went to the bathroom and returned, you're like, okay, here it is. <laughs> I probably would have been like, what are you trying to Here's do? Here's the question, is that... Would, I would have been radically honest with you, that is for sure. <laughs> would, the question is, is would I do that to be funny right now, though, now that I know that it is is something you hate. Yeah, you I probably yes, you would. But there better be it. a piece of chocolate pie <laughs> hidden underneath the table. Chocolate peanut yeah. butter pie. That's it. But yeah. I'd end up eating the cherry pie because yeah. but it would be funny to see your face. But anyway, we can't do yeah. that now. But radical honesty means that you're honest about things that you like and dislike and that that was right. pretty rat and the reason I brought it up is because you were radically honest with your mother. When, yeah. Because you were talking about a, a, a dinner that we're going to have soon yeah. and mm-hmm. the, the caterer is setting up some mm-hmm. some dessert. Right. And so so you were having a radically honest conversation yeah. with that, which is which is appreciated. So the, the deal is, is that ultimately with this one, we would say evaluate yourself and embrace honesty. Honesty never tears down, but it strikes me as well that, that um, when we're, radically honest that builds intimacy because all those things that right. i've listed that we were pulling from harley's list of like this is what it means to be radically honest right you would share all these things those are things that we cover with couples on a regular basis to be to to share with one another on a deeper level and when you know those things about one another you and you reveal what's behind the curtain to your partner that builds intimacy Right. And, and that's a healthy marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, and one other thought he had, so like we talked about the compatibility and you're talking about intimacy as well. And one other um, thought he had too was just that um, honesty will tend to make your behavior more thoughtful towards your partner. So, and yeah. I feel like that's a really, that's a good one. That's a very um, powerful statement because because someone who lies habitually or d- says a lie and then covers it up with another lie and then you have another lie and, and, and you just, you know, you're definitely not being more thoughtful of your partner because, because it's just like, um, and when your partner does try to, um, when they may sense mm-hmm. that, 
they are not being told the truth, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they kind of dig in with a few more questions or just, you know, they're, they're not, you start to see that trust break down, you know? And so, yeah, it really does. Honesty helps you just be, your behavior becomes more thoughtful to your spouse. That's good. That's really good. Okay. I have a question for this this uh, next one. Okay. Are, you, are you ready for oh, it? Oh, are we ready? Okay, yeah. so this is going to be number five. Number five okay. or for this episode, number two. So uh, here it is. Stop. Here's confusing. my question for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. What, over our many years of being together, yeah. name one annoying habit oh, that I have Lord. had. Oh, boy. This will be fun. So you think about that while I set this up. The second one is annoying habits. Now, this can be fun. We're going to have fun with it because I'm not too bothered by whatever Teresa says. Well, I mean, I do have one. Okay, then hold on to it for just... I think instead of puzzles, every episode, (laughs) we should list list an annoying habit. Oh, my god! That would ruin... That'd be a short-lived marriage podcast, would it not? I think we'd have maybe people comment and say, that's an annoying habit is you two (laughs) sharing your annoying habits. We do not recommend that being part of a daily conversation, but we are going to hit that. Yeah. Hit that in a second here yeah. on some remedies for possible annoying habits right. on how you handle them, but th- it'll be fun. Though, do you have an annoying habit of mine that I've had? I, I in do, the past? and and actually, um, it just occurred um, not too long ago uh, oh, this really? evening. Yeah. I thought I've gotten rid of all annoying habits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you have this. Um, so you have a great habit of. Now that we no longer have, you know, empty nesting is great, but one of the things of empty nesting is that we're back to doing all of it again, you know? Yeah. And so like yeah. when you have kids around, you you break up the chores of the house, right? So one positive habit, good habit that you've had mm-hmm. is um, you take over trash. Yay. Yay. So the annoying habit that I have with you is that we have, in our upstairs, we have our trash can in our bathroom. I know what you're going to say. We have our trash can in our bathroom, and then you have one in your office. Yes. And then pretty much we have the kitchen trash can on the main level. Yes. That's kind of it, folks. I mean, like, we, have, trash we have trash cans in other rooms, but we just don't have, I mean, there's only two of us now. So, mm-hmm. like, we just, yeah. So, anyway, um... And so what? what's the annoying habit, if you know it? I did not replace the bag in the the trash can. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Ding, 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 ding. But I just pulled it out. There it is. Go. That there is, is an annoying habit. Well, is so, so what's further annoying is that you know that it's annoying and you still continue to do it. That's Folks, a perfect, he just he just told on himself. That's a perfect setup for go. our definition. Right. An annoying habit, according to Dr. Harley, would be behaviors repeated without much thought that bother <laughs> your spouse. <laughs> yeah, because I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I just walked in the bathroom and I could hear you gathering the trash. And then I walk in, I'm brushing my teeth, and then I go to throw something away. No bag it, in the can. And I'm like, duh. That's right. That's right. So here's the deal. We engage in annoying habits because we don't feel what our spouse feels or we don't care how our spouse feels when we do them. 
whether it's intentional or not, a couple's behavior will affect the love they have for each other. So habits are formed by simply repeating the new behavior often enough. So the idea is that every marriage has annoying habits, but it's how we handle those habits. Now, I'm going to, we're going to do the scale here, right? Yeah. I had no problem asking you about annoying habits I do because I know that I, that there's, there's probably quite a list. And yes, David has a list for Teresa, although I don't know how long it is because I, yeah, what's one of mine? Well, for me, for me, you may have an annoying habit, but I don't remember it that long. I'm kind of like, I, I, it happens, it may annoy me for the minute, and then I'm kind of like, oh, well, I'm worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> or I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've, I... He just said that. Everybody, did you hear him? <laughs> do you agree? I just watched a, a video. One of our favorite folks to watch would be Dude Dad. Dude Dad. On the YouTubes. Dude Dad, Dude Dad. Is, yeah. it, is that how it goes? I don't know. His little boy, his little boy, they <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, right. The very end. Dude yeah. Dad, Dude Dad. Okay. Dude Dad, Dude Dad. But they, the one I saw has been out for that a few months, a but it's the top five fights that married yeah. couples have. And, and folks, yes, we're marriage nerds. Every time a marriage video comes up, we'll watch it because we find it humorous. And this one, I wasn't rolling laughing, but because they usually make some really funny ones. I wasn't rolling laughing, but I thought, this is truth. This is oh, good. Oh, so true. Because the one was, they were explaining how both of them kind of had, they were talking about the annoying habits that they each have that were causing fights, right? Right. So his was, one sounded familiar, and his was, I forget what he called it, but like the magic glass or something like that, or the lucky glass. It's the one that he keeps out all the time for his water. And she just says, well, just put it in the dishwasher and it'll be clean. I said, no, I set it out here because I want to get it later. And so, um, so there's... Or... Or the very first one that starts is the clothes that the are cl- laying the, the, on the floor outside of the hamper. The special place? or And she's like, you know, Taylor, his name's Taylor. And she's like, what What are these clothes right here? Just put them in, put, if they're, you know, they're dirty clothes, put them in the hamper. He's like, no, but they're not dirty clothes. <laughs> she's like, then hang them up. He said, but they're not clean either. And it's like, it's his place to keep them as clothes that he's worn but they're not exactly all the way dirty. He called it but clothing, they're not purgatory. exactly yeah. They're not exactly <laughs> clean. So he just keeps them on the floor beside the hamper, laying there on the floor because the clean ones are hung up or put away in the closet or the drawers and the dirty ones are in the hamper. Yeah. So he has this funny. extra pile. It was hilarious. It's very funny. And the point being with the video would be like any annoying habit. We will say again, my friends, learn to overlook minor offenses. But if your minor offense is known and you continue to do it purposefully mm-hmm. in spite of your spouse, mm-hmm. you're then you know what? That's that's gonna hurt your that's gonna be a habit, a love buster. Right. If you are intentionally if you intentionally just now I'll tell you for uh, on the clothing issue. So earlier in our marriage, I remember that I may have left clothing um, strong a little bit more. And I'm very intentional with how kind of I place clothes. But also you have become, you've given much more grace and you've, um, you, you've allowed for that a little bit more. Right. And so, but that's part of the dance. Now, if I had, 
said, well, hey, babe, it's your your job. I'm just going to leave it around. And if I abused kind of that privilege, then that would be a problem. And so the key being is that sharing those things and having an open door to share with one another about um, annoying habits that happen. So you have to be able to be straightforward about what you want more or less of in the relationship. If something's annoying, you should have permission to be able to share that. Like for instance, with the trash replacing the bag, Teresa has full permission to come and say, hey babe, you just, I appreciate that you took the trash out, which I'm a words of affirmation guy. So Mm -hmm. I, I really like a kind of a, hey, I do appreciate that you did this, but can you also fill the bag in afterwards? And you know what? Like nine times out of 10, I'm going to turn to Teresa and say, oh yeah, sorry, I've overlooked that. I'll I'll do that. And and maybe I hit it seven out of 10 times, maybe not. Um, but but I'm, I'm going to try to be more attentive to that, right? Yeah. That's the key. Yep. And um, the final thought on that probably is just um, working on the annoying habits. And, and like you said, um, being being open with each other about what they are. Um, I don't feel that it's fair if you're going to have um, a discussion about it. I don't know that it would be right of me to come with like this long laundry list mm-hmm. of like annoying habits. I think you need to take pieces, you know, because yes. there could be things because you have to go back and remember just at the beginning, um, like we said, this is all about like it's the same concept um, through all kinds of relationships, the the emotional bank system, yeah. right? And so every time that yes. you're doing one of those annoying habits, if you're doing it on purpose and still continuing to do it, you're withdrawing love units, right? Yes. You're, you're making withdrawals. And then if you're the person that's keeping track of all the annoying habits and letting the other person know that's really annoying, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. That's also mm-hmm. withdrawing. Um, yeah. So having, being able to sit down and have that conversation and then strategize, because if you really are looking at your partner, remember this is the person you want to love and cherish, mm-hmm. then um, you're going to try to fix the annoying habit mm-hmm. and move on. And then there's probably going to be another one. And then you're going to yep. have to work on fixing that one. I mean, we're never yeah. going to be like perfect with it. But at the same time, like you said, um, we we grow and we mature and we realize mm-hmm. what's part of that, you know, 30 to 40% that we really need to take care of and solve and and what's part that mm-hmm. we can overlook. And, so. and, and, and folks, before we move to the final one, that exactly what you're saying, honey, and hear what Teresa's saying. You've got to be able to share with one another. Don't be like the couple that we worked with uh, at one time, married 25 years, and they ended up splitting and and getting divorced. And it came down to, um, she said, you know what? You always got grape jelly and I hate grape jelly. I like like strawberry jelly. (laughs) And it's, it's, um, you, you've been, that to her was disrespectful. You re- disrespect me because I've never liked that. But she didn't share that for 25 years. Mm-hmm. She held on to it. And finally, at the point that they were getting divorced is what she said, hey, this is what annoyed me all these years. Now, folks, don't get yourself to that point. Yeah, Share early 
um, get permission, give permission and gain permission to be able to share openly with one another. All right. So we are on to number six. <laughs> Do not confuse them or with num- number three for today. <laughs> the so, last one today. Yeah. So the, the last, last one, one today. All right. So the, the last love buster uh, from Dr. Harley is independent behavior. Mm-hmm. Independent behavior. This is how he defines it. It's the conduct of one spouse that ignores the feelings and interest of the other spouse. It's usually scheduled and requires some thought to execute, okay? Mm. So um, independent behavior, and I think you and I just recently had a discussion with some people about Mm -hmm. um, independence is one of the biggest killers in marriage. Individualism. Sorry, individualism, which I kind of couple with a little bit of this independent behavior. Well, that's right. So let me give the stat specifically, mm-hmm. and then you, is it, or the, the fact, Matthew Chernlin is a uh, sociologist, and he wrote a book called Marriage Go Round, and he researched the impact of divorce on the American culture particularly, and his contention through this was that individualism was the a primary cause of divorce within the United States, particularly. And that is so true. We, and this ties directly to this point, is that when we act as individuals, it kills the marriage. Right. And so um, all those things where um, I, as I was reading this there, it struck me though, I don't want people to just hear that you can't do anything on your own. Okay. There's a balance, isn't there? There is a balance. And I felt like when I was reading through it, I'm like, ooh, this one could be a little bit um, because, you know, you have some certain hobbies, activities, things that you enjoy doing that I don't enjoy doing. And that's okay. And then I have others. But I know that um, when each of us kind of take that time out to engage in that for ourselves, we come back feeling better refreshed mm-hmm. and um, looking, you know, appreciating each other more. Um, I think the uh, the struggle comes when we have people who only want to participate in their independent activities or behavior and have no cause of thought mm-hmm. for their spouse. Yeah, this is a good one for pre-marrieds and yes. early marrieds, especially those that want to keep separate bank accounts. Yeah. They want to keep everything separate. It's like, you, you know, I need to keep my, uh, I need to keep some contentions here or keep, I need to keep right. uh, things just in case things don't work out, which many don't do that, but at the same time, as far as mentality, but the idea of keeping an independent life going on, you, you, you have this interdependent life that mm-hmm. you've created. Right. Which is, uh, his, where where he kind of heads, of course, in in all of these is there's a there's an opposite to it, right? That we want to do, and so we want to develop more interdependent behavior. Um, but but at the same time, if it is if it is a struggle for you with some independent behavior, is trying to just um, have a little bit of empathy and understand how your spouse may be feeling um, when you want to go and spend hours away mm-hmm. with friends yeah. or 
or hours doing, you know, you could just want to, you know, maybe, maybe you like to video game. And so you are, Mm -hmm. you're playing for hours and your spouse is like sitting near you in the same room, but, or your skull and your phone or whatever. But that whole, the concept is, is that too much independent behavior will cause disconnect. And we don't want the disconnect. And it comes back to a key behavior of communication of uh, talking about the balance of alone time or separate time and uh, time to be connected and together time, but not dominating one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think about phases too, hun. I think about like this could affect any phase of marriage. So in other words, when the children are young and maybe maybe one scenario is mom is so focused on children and dad's focused on building a career, could be those scenario that that there's really this disconnection that happens and the ind- independence happens then. It could happen that maybe the family um, grows in your empty nesting phase and you look at one another and you kind of had this independent life uh, for so long because of the lifestyle that you've been used to that you kind of look at each other and go, who in the world are you? And so it's deliberate action all along the way on trying to be connected in a healthy, balanced way, and then also having your own thing individually, but not letting one dominate over the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm in agreement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what else to. <laughs> I think you unpacked it very well there. All right. I think we crossed our T's and dotted our eyes and mm-hmm. uh, with all of it. So, so here's the deal: is that let's remember each one of them. Let's review each one. So going back to last week. Uh, selfish demands, disrespectful judgments, angry outbursts. Those are one, two, and three. Number four, the ones we covered today is number four would be dishonesty. Five would be annoying habits. And six would be independent behavior. So we would say the opposite of each one of those would be um, seek to be seek to be unselfish in your marriage as much as possible selfishness and this comes back it seems like that theme is woven through all of these habits of only looking out for number one well look out for the other in fact probably the the best remedy is having a one another marriage a mutually beneficial reciprocal relationship love one another serve one another touch one another encourage one another have peace with one another then disrespectful judgments be respectful of one another Rather than angry outburst, maybe temper it a little bit. Move to your thinking brain and not to your emotional brain and figure out how to respond to situations without that anger. And then, of course, honesty instead of dishonesty. Watch your annoying habits. Try to recognize, and minimize, and redirect. And then it, rather than ind- independent behavior, have interdependent behavior on one another. So... Uh, go back to our original point at the very beginning, and that is uh, self-reflection, self-awareness, so you can have couple awareness. We really appreciate each of you taking time to join us this week. We want to make sure that we send you out with our verse of the week, and this week it is found in 1 Peter 3, 8. Says finally, all of you live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. First Peter three eight. That's a good one. That's a good one. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast, friends, or your favorite platform. 
You know, if you found valuable value in this content, then hit that share button and help other couples be strengthened as well. And hey, we're appreciative for you joining us and we will see you again next week. All right. Bye-bye.